Hello and welcome to Shaw Talk, a solo extension of the Policy Wonk podcast with Kale and Joe, where I, Kale, just kind of talk about whatever I want. <laughs> so last week, Joe and I mentioned that this week we were on spring break, Cleveland State is on spring break, and we, we weren't going to be able to record a full-length episode together. I'm in Columbus, Ohio, where my family lives. Joe's in Cleveland and Menor, so we're, we're, we're not going to be together to record a full-length episode, so here we are. Today I want to talk about what I did this week and a couple um, bills that are working its way through um, Ohio State Senate. So I am in a class called the Columbus Seminar, and what we did this week was we all came down, stayed at a hotel in downtown Columbus, and, and we met with a bunch of agencies, a bunch of state legislatures, a uh, bunch of state legislators, and, and just kind of got a feel for, for state government in, in a way that is more engaging than just sitting in a classroom. We were there in the thick of it. We, we met people. We took a bunch of pictures. Um, but, but we learned how things work in, in the thick of it. We were, we were in the weeds, as some would say. So I, I guess I want to start with the, the first thing, which is a project that I did for the class where we picked a, a piece of legislation moving through the General Assembly, and we studied every little aspect about it. My bill was Senate Bill 3, which is regarding community revitalization. It is creating a community re- revitalization program um, that would authorize the state to grant non-refundable income tax credits for private companies or individuals undertaking community projects. Now, this bill was sponsored by um, Senate President Pro Tempore Kirk Shoring, a Republican from the Canton area, representing Senate District 29 in Ohio. He's been here for 30-something years. He's, he's one of the people who, he once he got to the State House, once he got to Columbus, he's not leaving. He never left. He's, he's in the over 70 age group, uh, but I had the pleasure of, of talking to Senator Schuring about Senate Bill 3, and he told me that he is a champion of tax credits. And he actually, in the last General Assembly, the 134th, I believe, he proposed the exact same bill, but it died in committee, largely due to the fact that they ran out of time. It was time to turn over, and the 135th General Assembly began. So right off the bat, he proposed, he, he introduced this bill in, in Senate Bill 3. It's a part of priority legislation, even though the the Republican leader, Senate leader, kind of laid out that he wasn't trying to have priority legislation, quote-unquote, but there's there's nothing that says otherwise. So Senate Bill 3, Community Revitalization Tax tax Credits, and, and I asked him, do you think that this bill is going to pass? Do you think it's going to make it through the Senate? Do you think it's going to make it out of committee, make it past the House, signed by the governor, et cetera, et cetera? He looked me dead in the eye, and he said, listen, Kale, when I put my name on something, I'm going to get it done. I'm going to make sure that it gets done. And he stood up and he took me around his office. His, granted, his office is large. There was a full-size table there, a couch, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. 
around his office, he had awards for legislator of the year for a bunch of different things. He got chiropractor legislator of the year and things like that. He's got so many awards that one time he like squinted and was like, what does that say? I don't know. I don't know what some of these are for. So he, he is, he's got a reputation for getting things done. And I, I told him, I was upfront with him about my partisanship, my, my ideas and how I agree with this bill. I like the idea of helping communities, rural and urban. And this is actually a conversation that I had with a different senator in, uh, for the state of Ohio, Senator Blessing, who is the, I believe, the chair of the Senate Ways and Means Committee, which is where this bill is currently at. There needs to be these types of incentives to help communities like Cleveland, like Youngstown, and even rural communities like London, Ohio, or Circleville, Ohio. So I, I, I told Senator Schering about my partisanship, and he truly believes that this is something that can gain bipartisan support because of how just straightforward it is. He's, he wants to make sure that this crosses party lines, that this is something that would benefit Ohioans, not just his party. So I did talk to him about partisanship. I asked him for advice for me and Joe specifically on running as Democrats in a state that Trump won twice and J.D. Vance won and things like that in a red state like Ohio. He told me to not play into the hate. He believes that there are so many people in our country right now, in our state, in our local communities, who thrive and almost enjoy being angry. And he blames it largely due to 24-hour national news like Fox and CNN. And he told me not to play into that. Do not be the angry one. And, and through this class, I had the opportunity to meet Ohio Supreme Court Justice Melody Stewart, and she said something very similar. She won a statewide campaign in Ohio, and her campaign tactic was to crisscross the state and to educate the people of Ohio on the state judicial system. She wanted to make sure that Ohioans understood the system that she was running for. She wanted to make sure that Ohioans knew who she was, what her qualifications were, and that is why they should vote for her. She did not run a negative campaign even once. She never made a negative comment against her opponent once, and she's in the position she's in now because of that. Kirk Schuring, Senator Schuring, wanted me and Joe and anybody who wants to run as a Democrat in a state like Ohio to run a campaign similar to that. People are tired of the toxic political environment, so don't play into it. If people see you shaking hands with somebody who 100% does not agree with you politically, if they see you helping somebody out that needs the help, who is not in the same party, they take note. They remember. They don't want to see negative ad, negative ad, negative ad. Granted, JD's, JD Vance's taxing Tim Ryan advertisements were brilliant. They, they stuck Democrats in the states call him taxing Tim Ryan as a joke, but we still call him that. So negative ads work, unfortunately. But a good chunk of Ohioans, a good chunk of Americans, take note when there is positivity on a campaign. 
So that's the advice from Senator Shoring. Another instance of of how cool this experience was was Wednesday. We had the opportunity as a class to shadow, to quote unquote shadow, individuals from the general general assembly for several hours. I was originally assigned to my house rep, uh, Representative Brown from Southern Columbus. Unfortunately, he had to reschedule. I'm going to be meeting with him separately on a different day, um, but it's not going to be a part of this class. Instead, I got paired with Senator Jerry Serino, representing Senate District 18 from Kirtland. He's a Republican, Northeast Ohio Republican. Um, His district encompasses most of Lake County, or all of Lake County, I believe. But he's Joe's state senator. And my day started out with a doozy. I got a text from his legislative aides saying to report to this room at the state house at this time for a quote-unquote event. That event was a press conference. And he, he was introducing a new bill um, that is strictly about higher education reform, but not in the way that many Ohioans, many people in higher education, or at least many left-leaning individuals want to hear. Senate Bill 83 is, well, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna let Senator Serino tell you what exactly this bill has in store. So, um, we feel it's, you know, labor organizations can do what they do. Certainly, we're not against that. Uh, but we are, we, what we're doing is taking striking off the table. Uh, either the, the actual strike or a threat of a strike. Negotiate uh, between the union and, and the management at the university or community college. That's fine. There's plenty of ways to arbitrate and mediate. Uh, all we're saying is that we don't want the students, the, the del- delivery of uh, instruction to students to be a pawn in that process. Uh, it just simply should not be allowed. So just to to explain what just happened, one of the provisions in the bill would prohibit university employees from going on strike, the unions from striking. That is a no-no. The That is the sole power in a union, is the ability to say, if you don't work with us on this contract, we will go on strike. And we've already talked about labor on the show once, twice, three times, probably. I don't know. We're both Midwestern Democrats. We're, we're very labor-intensive, very union-focused. I'm sure this will come up in a, a full-length episode with Joe and I, but I want to touch on it right now. Saying that when you take away a union's power to strike, you take away their sole power bargaining leverage. And and Senator Serino in the in the press conference that you just listened to said that it was to protect the interests of the student, which I get. If Cleveland State's uh, employees all went on strike, I would still be paying tuition, but not getting instruction, not getting food, not getting my washer dryer in the dorms fixed. It would be problematic. But at the same time, that's what a strike is for. You are going to have a, a group of people suffering because of a strike and the main people suffering are the stakeholders. And I don't want to get too much into the weeds here, but this, this bill also includes um, provisions that would change cha- change the way we evaluate tenured professors. It would affect business dealings with China, which is unique. Um, it's worth looking into, worth digging. But then there are some things that I agree with in this bill. 
For example, there's a provision that would require statewide training for board of trustees members. This is something that a lot of people who sit on the board of trustees might not have experience with. They might not be somebody who served on a school board. They might not be somebody who comes from a higher education background or anything like that. So a training would be would be good for them. It's just the the this bill is is a mixture of things that are good, they sound good, and a mixture of things that are absolutely terrible, like the strike thing. Um, another another thing, and I I don't know where I stand on this at the present moment, but it would require an American history course, three credit hours, so just one course for every student trying to get a associate's degree or a bachelor's degree. In the press conference, Senator Serino outlined it needs to cover. The Constitution, Bill of Rights, Articles of Confederation, I believe, Federalist Papers, the Emancipation Proclamation, Civil Rights Act, the additional amendments to the Constitution, and I believe the Letters from Birmingham Jail. So I I personally think that a lot of people should know this, these things, but honestly, these are things that should be covered in high school. And I was joking with, I forget who, but I was joking with somebody saying that there are all all of these people are getting into college without going to high school because in in high school in Ohio you learn these things you learn about these things so it would be almost redundant to make people take it again especially in a program where you're only supposed to be there for two years like an associate's degree you're making a student fill up time with a class that they already technically took in high school. So so I don't know where I stand on this at the present moment. I'm sure as hearings come and people testify and there are amendments to this bill, it'll reveal itself and I'll be able to form an opinion on this. But for now, I'm stepping down from saying what my stance is on this part of the bill. Uh, during the press conference, Senator Serino also highlighted other provisions of the bill, um, including but not limited to trustee training, like I said, uh, syllabus transparency, which was something about he wants professors and classes to have a syllabus available to the public because the public's tax dollars are paying for the university. He wants it to be transparent and I mean I kind of understand and from a student perspective on Cleveland State's campus we're trying to organize a group of students who want to advocate for something similar but for a very different reason um, we want to make syllabi available prior to registration that way a student knows what they're getting into when they register for the class Senator Serino on the other hand at is more along the lines of if there's something that can be remotely considered CRT, they can hold the professor accountable. What does that mean? Who knows? This is very reminiscent of stuff happening in Florida with Governor Meatball or Ron DeSantis or whatever... Donald Trump or Joe have been trying to uh, to say about him. But in an article published by Gongwer, which is an amazing source of state house news in the state of Ohio, it's $3,000 a month, but 
it's worth it. And honestly, for you, for me, for everybody, I'm going to try to work with the library to make sure that at least on Cleveland State's campus, it's something that every student can have access to so long as they're like on on school Wi-Fi or something like that. But anyways, an article published by Gongwer called Latest Higher Education Bill Targets Faculty Diversity of Thought. They highlight from from the press conference the fact that Senator Serino proposed one giant bill instead of, I think he said, three. And Gongwer says that all stem from conversations he's had with stakeholders over the last several months. I, in my personal meeting with him, he gave me a list of these stakeholders, and these these stakeholders that he talked to are very interesting. I don't I don't know if I'm like allowed to share, so I'm not going to, but... Um, if I do find out from somebody that I am allowed to share, the list is is pretty shocking. Just considering what type of BS is in this bill. So he also wanted to make sure that this bill promotes diversity of thought. And this is something that Joe and I have already talked about when we talked about Turning Point USA. And that is the fact that conservatives on our campus are fabricating some sort of oppression that that universities and professors and other students are silencing these conservatives no if anything liberals are afraid of some of these people because some of these people are so pro first amendment i don't know if you have a gun on you or something ridiculous like that after january 6th some of these people have proven that they are they can be violent but we're not like suppressing free speech because if anything Liberals are the people that understand that injustice to one is injustice for all. Or or when liberty is attacked in one place, it could could be attacked elsewhere. We're not shutting down free speech for these for conservative voices on campus. If anything, some of the highest like higher ups in our university are conservative. Some of our conservative faculty are in leadership positions or they're tenured or anything like that. I can tell you this much. One of our tenured professors in the poli-sci department, Professor Lischke, is a Republican. He ran for office as a Republican one time. So I don't I don't know why people are fabricating some issue that conservatism is under attack on college campuses, because it's not. This is, universities are a place where we can promote diversity of thought. It's just that most people, when they're educated, at least when they're young and educated, they gravitate to the left. Now, I don't think that that's a fact. I'm sure that there are several intelligent campuses on in the United States that gravitate to the right, and that's just the way it is. But when you're in an urban institution like Cleveland State or Ohio State or Cincinnati or Kent or Akron, well, I guess Kent's not an urban institution, but Akron, you run into these things because there's a reason why cities are blue. These people live there, and they go to these schools. Just because... Your voice is the minority doesn't mean you are oppressed, at least when it comes to the conservative question on campuses. There are some situations where minority voices are oppressed, but it's not when there is a liberal conservative oppression type thing going on. It's it's race based. It's sex based. It's things like that. That is where there's a problem with minority voices being silenced or ignored or things like that. 
not conservatives being ignored on college campuses. It's just for every conservative voice on a college campus, there's like three liberals. And that's just the way it is. I guess you can just chalk this bill up to just another piece of GOP-sponsored legislation that is finding a solution to a non-existent problem. Because at the end of the day, there is no policy. And in Ohio, th- when where there's a GOP supermajority, I would venture out and say that some of the liberal ways of thinking have to be thought by conservatives. Because I've I heard this once, and I'm going to repeat it until I die. Sometimes the answer to a problem is something new, liberalism. Sometimes the answer to a problem is what we've been doing, conservatism. Most of the time, the answer to a problem is a mixture of the two. And when you have a conservative supermajority, you don't get that mixture. So it's up to these conservatives to think liberally, to think what would a conservative, what would not a conservative, what would a liberal say, what would a Democrat say? And it's not working. They make up these problems, they tackle these these problems that don't exist, when instead when it comes to higher education, there are other things that are important. For example, um, Senate Bill 60, I believe, addresses a mental health care shortage in Ohio. That's perfect. We'll focus on that. Pass a bill that would require board of trustees training, but don't, don't do all the other anti-CRT stuff or holding professors accountable under the guise of transparency. But I'm running out of time here. Um, I don't want to get too much into it because I do think that this is a piece of legislation that Joe and I would want to tackle eventually, especially as it progresses through the General Assembly. So I'm running on about four or five minutes left in this, so I do want to plug to anybody who's interested. uh, Cleveland State College Democrats are having their first official general meeting Uh, Berkman Hall, room 306B, on March 22nd from 6.30 to 7.30. We're going to have pizza, and we're going to be planning events. So so hope to see you there. Please come out. We can't do something cool, relevant, interesting on campus without student support. We'll always do something that we think is cool, and we are... We're dorks. We, We are... We are people who care about policy. We're people who care about politics. We want you, the student, to come to us with concerns to tell us what you want us to do on our campus, what you want to see from us. So please come out. Um, I also want to take an opportunity to thank two new donors to our show, um, Samira Jaffari, good friend of mine, and Anastasia Hunt. Anastasia Hunt. Um, Anastasia, if I pronounced your name wrong, please send me a text um, to correct it. If I didn't, um, everybody, Anastasia has a, a cat page on Instagram. Um, go check it out. It is at Bambi dot and friends with two S's. So that's B-A-M-B-I dot A-N-D-F-R-I-E-N-D-S-S on Instagram. Um, she says he's stinky. I've never met him. So I guess I'll have to find out someday. And while you're on the topic of following cats on Instagram, uh, go check out, I guess, our unofficial mascot, 36 president of the united states lyndon b johnson a tuxedo cat that belongs to joe um also on instagram at lyndon baines johnson 36 so that's l-y-n-d-o-n-b-a-i-n-e-s-j-o-h-n-s-o-n 
on Instagram. Go check everybody out. But until next time, this has been episode one of Shaw Talk with uh, your host, Kale. I hope to see you in episode two.